I'm working for the Lord Sometimes my way gets hard Sometimes my way gets dark I'm gonna stay on the battlefield I've got to do King Jesus' will But when the road is called Father, I ask you right now to protect our prayers that we may be able to concentrate on you, Father, and, and not be hindered, Father, by any of our natural weaknesses. Give, Father, your ear to us, Father, and as we speak, and let the earth hear the words of my mouth. May my teaching drop as the rain, and my spirit speech to steal as to do and like a gentle rain upon the tender grass and like showers upon the herbs for I will proclaim your name today Lord that you are the mighty God almighty Father be ever gracious to us let us let a ray of your light penetrate the darkness of my understanding give me confidence in the power of your gospel Grant me clarity and understanding in proclaiming the truth of your word. Right now, Father, edify your church today through your work. Yes, Lord. 
Now, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Melt me, mold me, fill me, use me, anoint me. Anoint me right now to preach the gospel to the poor, heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to the captive, recover the sight of the blind, and may the lame walk. And may those who have been treated badly, may it be announced to them tonight that you've come to show your kindness to them. So God, please enlighten me, enlighten my mind with truth, inflame my heart with love, inspire my will with courage, enrich my life with service, pardon what I have been, sanctify what I am, and order my steps in your word. Oh Lord, may your precious blood answer whatever comes from Satan as we bind the strong man in the name of Jesus. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be accepted in my sight, Father, because you are my strength, you are my redeemer. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 And amen again. Amen again. Amen again. Amen. Once again, it is good to be here with you tonight and to come with a word from the Lord. But first, give an honor to Yahweh. All the praises go to him Amen. and to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and to the angel of this house and the shepherd of this house, my, my brother that I love dearly, the Reverend Horsley, and to his beautiful wife, my dear friend Julia, to all the deaconess and the deaconesses, and to this choir, and to all the staff of God's house, my brothers and sisters in Christ, hello. It's good to be in the house of the Lord again, amen. amen. And again, to my lovely, beautiful lover, my friend, my real, my boo, my confidant, my girlfriend, my traveling partner, my, my dog. <laughs> and to the love of my life, my wife, thank you for being so patient with me. Amen, 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 amen. Well, the first night we were here, we talked about getting out of a pit. But before you can get out of the pit, you first must know, know that you're in the pit. I want to suggest to you that some of us have not realized that we're in a pit yet. Because when you're in a pit and it's been in the pit for so long, you begin to sit. And when you begin to sit, everything begins to pile on you and you begin to forget that you're in the pit and begin to accept everything that comes at you and to you. But one of the things of recognizing that God, when God may lead you to a pit, to realize that a pit stop is not a pit stay. Amen. That God only has you there for a moment to change your tires and to change your oil and your gas because you're about to run out. Uh, my word to you, don't leave the pit too soon because you can leave before God got, get through changing your oil and leave before God get through changing your tires and you're gonna run out before you get to the finish line, amen? amen. Then we talked about last night, it's time to grow up. Uh, I said, and was not afraid to say it, it's a shame for people to be 50, 60, 70 years old and still acting like a child. Uh, amen, amen. The book said when I was a child, I. I speak as a child, I thought as a child, and as a child, when I became a man, I put away childish things. And childishness and child being childlike is two different things. Right. We may proclaim to be childlike, but we act childish. Yeah. I want to suggest to you, check your behavior out every now and then. If you're still doing what you were doing before you came to Christ, you still got some childishness in you. Because once you came to Christ, you should have changed. Once you came to Christ, you said he was your Lord and Savior. Once you came to Christ, you proclaimed that he was first in your life. I love, to, I love to hear people say he's first in your life. When you ask him to do something, they say, I got to do something else. Which means, it's a, which means they're in a pit. In a pit. Because ultimately, as Christ is your Lord and Savior, he's first in your life. Nothing else comes before him. And church folks ought to stop saying that Christ is first in their life. You're just lying. Because he's not, I'm, he's, he's not first in your life. If you're not doing what God has first told you to do, 
seek him first and his kingdom. Then he said, everything be added unto you. You are not being truthful to God. Uh, amen, Pastor. Amen. You ain't being truthful to God. Amen. And because of that, we are led to pits. Because God loves you so much, he refused to let you get away with it. I always start with Exodus 20th chapter. He said, thou shalt have no other God before me. He said, I brought you out of the stuff. I changed you. I made you who you were. I did that. And you should have no other God before me. And your God could be anything. You can be a procrastinator. That's your God. Amen. Amen. Nick, you can show up late to work, and that's your God. Whatever keeps you from doing what God has called you to do is your God. Uh, your hair can be your God. Your shoes can be your God. Your children can be your God. Your husband can be your God. Whatever keeps you from doing what God has called you to do is your God. Uh, if you want to know what your God is, check your calendar and your pocketbook. Wherever you spend most of your time and most of your money, that's your God. Oh, yes, it is. Check your, check your calendar and your pocketbook. If you ain't coming to church, then you ain't here. They ain't your God. Amen? Amen. All right. Y'all ain't want to hear that, did you? That's all right. That's all right. I hope, I hope that it helps you, though. Because I'd rather you just like me and do right. Amen? Because I said today that you can't live, you can't drink skim milk and live whole milk. You can't drink skim milk and live whole milk. And when God is not your God, you're a slim milk drinker trying to live whole, whole milk. Amen? Amen. 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 I, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> but today I want to give you another way of looking at something, if you please. All right. I want to go to the scriptures and take a familiar passage of scripture that you already know. And I want you to go to Luke, if you please. The, I think it's the 15th chapter. Luke, the 15th chapter. Let me find here. Luke, the 15th chapter. And I want you to Look at, let's see, let's look at verses 11 through 23, 11 to 23. And I, I have some things to show you in this text, so I want to preach, but I may teach, wherever God leads me. But I got some things I want to show you in that text that we're going to help you tonight to let you know God better. Right. Amen. Amen. It's a very familiar passage of scripture with you. I'm not going to read it. It's a scripture about the prodigal son. Everybody know, you've been in church, everybody knows the story of the prodigal son, but keep your, keep your Bibles open and keep your pens ready because I want to show you some things in that text to go a little bit deeper in that text. Amen. Amen. Amazing grace has always been my song of praise. For it was grace that bought my liberty. I do not know just why he came to love me so. He looked beyond all my faults and so my knees amazing grace shall always be my song of praise for it was grace that bought my liberty I do not know just why he came yes to love me so he looked beyond 
all my faults and so my need I shall forever lift my eyes to Calvary to view the cross where Jesus died for me how marvelous the grace has caught my falling soul. One more time. He looked beyond. One more time for me. He looked beyond all, all my faults. Hallelujah. And so my knees. Hallelujah. I want to sing some more, but I won't get through it. <laughs> he looked beyond my faults. And saw my knees. Ain't you glad he looked beyond your faults? And saw your knees. I'm looking at that chapter, 11, that 15th chapter of Luke, verse 11. I'm going to go to 23, but I'm probably going to mention some more of the verses as God leads me. I'm going to put a, a, a name or, to that text for my subject today. And my subject is entitled, When Grace Let You Go. When Grace Lets You Go. We're all familiar with parables. As a matter of fact, in that chapter of Luke 15 chapter, he tells us about three parables. Mm -hmm. One of the parables he tells us about a lady who lost a coin. The other parable he, he tells us about a shepherd who lost a sheep. In other parable, he talks about a, a man who lost his son. We're very familiar with those passages of scriptures and those parables. But if you permit me, if you don't mind, let me go a little bit deeper into these parables. Uh, let me dig a little deeper. Because I want to examine these parables. And in this parable, I want to show you three things from these parables that, that you must be familiar with. But before you can teach about a parable, you must understand there are certain things about a parable you must know. The first thing you must know about a parable, you must know the context of the parable. In other words, you, you, must, you must know the context, how the parable got to be a parable. If you don't know the context of the parable, then you'll be conned. So you want to know the context of the parable. The second thing you want to know about the parable you want to know about is the, the characters of the parable. All right. You want to know the carables, characters of the parable. You want to know who is in the parable. And the third thing you want to know about the parable is the curiosity in the parable. Right. You want to know about the context of the parable parable, you want to know about the characters of the parable, you want to know about the curiosity of the parable. Now let us begin with the context of the parable. If you want us to understand the parable, you must know how the parable got started. What's going on around you to make this parable work? All right. If we look in verse 1 and 2, we find out where Jesus 
for sitting down with folks that folks didn't like, senators and tax collectors, and, and they, the other folks, wanted to know why he was sitting down with them. And to address their concerns, Jesus began to tell them in parables what it meant for him to be the Messiah and to sit down with people that they didn't like. All right, because he had to tell it to them in, 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 in a parable. In other words, he said in order to retrieve and redeem something, they must have a value to you. And because I'm sitting down with the tax collectors and the sinners, it means I'm retrieving and redeeming them because they are, have a value to me. The question I want to let you know today is that oftentimes God sits with you because you're valuable to him. He redeems you and retrieves you because you are valuable to him. Some folks may not like it, but you are valuable to God. That's why he spends time with you and other folks won't because you are, he's valuable to you. He's valuable to him. The next thing you must know about, about this is that he showed this in parables. In other words, the woman that lost corn. The corn was valuable to her. The one shepherd who lost his sheep, the sheep was valuable to him. And the son and the father who lost his son, the son was valuable to him. That's why he gave them the parables. Understand first that whenever I'm sitting with you, you are valuable to me. The next thing you have to know is the characters of the parable. Let's go through them. There was the father. So we have to assume, at best, the Father is God. Amen? Amen. And then there was the brother who didn't like his brother. And I have to assume that there are folks that around you that don't like you. But they are your brother and they are your sister in Christ. So Jesus had to deal with those who didn't like him. And then the final one, let me spend a little time on that, was the prodigal son. Uh, I have a question to ask you. Is anybody in here able to be the character of the prodigal son? Have any of y'all ever played or acted out the prodigal son? Oh, don't get a hold on me. <laughs> any of y'all ever strayed away from God? Were you a prodigal? Sister, daughter, you're a prodigal then. Uh, any of you ever walked away from God when God didn't want you to walk away? That means that you have prodigal tendencies. And since you want, I want you to get comfortable or too comfortable, touch your neighbor to neighbor, I got some prodigal tendencies. In other words, all of us have abandoned God one way or another. All of us have rejected God. All of us have turned our back on God. When you saw you, want, you wanted something more than, don't let me walk down your alley right now. You saw you wanted something more than God. And whenever you do that, you reject God. Can I help you out? Have you ever rejected scriptures? You reject the word of God? Well, you rejected God. In the beginning was the? And the word? And the word was? In other words, when you rejected the word, you rejected God. Amen. Amen, Pastor. Amen. So then, when you know that, all of us are able to play the prodigal son. All of us have prodigal tendencies. But then, here comes the curiosity of a, of a parable. Whenever you go read a parable, always find the curiosity in the parable. Why? Because you've got to find something wrong in the parable. Find something that doesn't add up in the parable. You ever had a parable that didn't add up? Find something that doesn't add up in the parable. That's the curiosity in the parable. And we not suggest you go find the curiosity in the parable, because in that parable, that's where you're going to find grace. So if you study a, par a parable and want to get to the grace part of it, find something in that don't add up. Find something that seems wrong in that parable, and that's when you're going to find extraordinary grace. Are uh, you with me? So in this parable, he's going to show us extraordinary grace. Jesus tells this parable because he wanted to know people to see, see, see grace that they didn't understand. A lot of us think we see grace, but we don't understand grace. And, and oftentimes, we find grace operating in ways that we think grace can operate. 
We find grace operating in our lives in ways we thought grace, grace could not operate in our lives. Can I help you out there? Oftentimes we think grace is this smooth thing. Grace is this comfortable thing. I got some news for you. Grace will shake you up. He will shake you up. Yes, he will. Because grace works both ends of the spectrum. Yes, he does. That's why grace will let you go sometimes to bring you back. Are you with me? And so here we go. He, 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 he says that, he says that I, I want to show you that where that for God, grace is greater than you can even imagine it is. Some of you can testify that grace has come through for you in, in ways that you know no one else would. There are some things that you've done that don't nobody know you've done it but you. But God, grace brought you through. Amen. There are some things that you've been in that couldn't nobody get it get out but you couldn't nobody get you out but God. Oh, you ain't got that's all right. You can go, you can play holy with me, but I'm real. There are things you've been in that couldn't nobody get you out but God. And grace brought you out of it. Because anybody else that come and got you, they'd have left you right there. But grace brought you out. Amen. Can I help y'all? You alive today because of grace. You did some stuff today. You probably shouldn't be here right now. You thought some stuff you shouldn't even thought today. But grace got you here today. Amen, amen. Well, let's go to the story. The first thing we found, a young man comes to his father. You know the story. He asks him, Father, give me, give me my stuff. Give me the things that I, that I have. And what made these things so interesting? Can I help you out? What made it so interesting here, I noticed that the father didn't try to talk him out of it. Did you know this in the text? Watch me now. He comes to his father and says, Father, give me my stuff. Give me all the stuff that I'm supposed to have. And what got me about that text is the father did not try to talk him out of it. He didn't say to him, you don't need to go hit the streets because it ain't healthy for you. He didn't say stay a little bit longer and try it another day. He didn't give him any advice, any of his experiences at all. He just gave him his stuff and let him go. Any of who are parents in here today can tell you, when my child get ready to head down the road the wrong way, I'm trying to stop him. You, are you with me? Right. Even, even if they grown, you say, you don't need to do that. Be quiet. You tell them why, because they are your child. But here in this text, the father even tried to stop him from leaving. And that was a surprise to me. Why didn't you tell him that he was going the wrong way? Why didn't you try to persuade him that he's walking down the wrong road? Why didn't you try to tell him he was making the wrong turn? Because he knows that the boy <laughs> got some lessons he got to learn that he was not going to learn at home. I'll stay with you for a moment. He knew that he had some stuff he had to learn that he was not going to learn at home. He had to learn it on his own. And he had let him go because there are some lessons right now that you didn't learn at home. You had to learn it in the street because it's the only lesson that got you straight because you had to learn it in the street. All of us got some street in us. Yes, we have. You've always been saved and holy. Oh, you got some street in you. I don't care how you dress up, how you look, you got some street. Yes, you have. It may be your street, but you got some street in you. Y'all, you with me? So he had to let him go because he had to find out there's some things in his life he had to learn. He could not learn at home. Can I help you? Here's my first point. Grace will let you go so that you can grow. Look to your neighbor and say, neighbor, you want to grow? Grace will let you go so you can grow. In other words, if you allow me to say grace will orchestrate struggles in your life. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Grace will orchestrate struggles in your life. In other words, he said, what I tried to teach you, you didn't learn. Uh, I, look, I tried to give you the Holy Word, but you can hear the Holy Word. I tried to teach you to Scripture, but you can learn to Scriptures. I tried to teach you through sermons, but you can learn through sermons. I tried to teach you through songs, but you can learn through songs. Many of us have heard scriptures, many of us have heard sermons, and many of us still trying to get the song, but we still will do stuff that we shouldn't do. And after a while, God has to orchestrate a, a, a struggle in your life 
because he's saying you can't get it from a revelation. You have to get it through experimentation. All right. And all of us sometimes have gone through experiments that nobody else could have gone through but you. But on the other side of you got a revelation from the experimentation. Oh, Jesus, you may not want to tell me what it is, but you've had some experiments in your life. And you learned some valuable lessons from them experiments in your life. And on, anybody, couldn't nobody have done it but grace. When you didn't go to Sunday school or you couldn't learn it from Sunday school, you had to learn it in the streets. When you couldn't learn it in the pulpit, you had to learn it in the pig pen. In other words, he's saying there's some things in life that you can't learn until you get to a pig pen. Oh, you with me? Some of us got some street life, but you had to learn it in the street. And you got some stuff in you now you can tell somebody. You call that wisdom. That's what you call it right now. Uh, because when you look at life, every mistake is a wisdom for you. I can tell folks stuff now because I made a mistake. You get mad when folks don't listen to your wisdom. You tell your children about your wisdom, they don't listen, you get mad. Did you just hear what I just told you? Because I made a mistake, and this is my wisdom. But they will not listen to you. In other words, I want you to understand that grace will orchestrate a struggle within your life. To find out that every face that you see ain't your friend. To find out that everything you thought you needed, you didn't need. Yet, in other words, grace will orchestrate a struggle in your life to know that when you hit the bottom, that grace brought you up. In other words, you can lose everything to find out that you don't need everything. You can, look here. Grace will teach you stuff sometimes that you wouldn't have learned no other way. You couldn't have learned in the classroom. You couldn't have learned it with a degree. You couldn't you could, you could learn it with a doctor because grace had to teach you that no other way you would have learned it except through grace. Grace said, I'm going to let you go through something. I'm going to let you hurt a little bit in order that you may get it right. I wish I had some grown-up folks in church today because you understood I didn't always been in Sunday school. I ain't always been in, in church and I've walked with the church and did some stuff I shouldn't have done. I walked with the church and the preachers got through hooping, I just got through crying and hollering, rolling, and went right back and did some things I shouldn't have done. But grace washed over you. Grace took care of you. Grace will let you go so you can grow. Let me go back to the story. Now he, 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 he leaves, and now the father lets him go. And the Bible says that when the father let him go, look here, the father didn't try to get him to come back, but the father stood on the outside and looked at him as he left, which means that his father was looking out for him while he was in the pig pen of life. You have a child that ain't been some places, or have a child that's not where they're supposed to be, in a pig pen. And because in a pig pen, you are praying for them. But you ain't let them go on yet. Are you with me? They doing things you know they should not be doing. It's called a pig pen. But you're still praying for them right now. They look at they walked away from you, but you still on the outside looked at them go. Look here, but you're still praying for them. I got some news for you. Don't worry about it. The pen pen gonna teach them a lesson after a while. You just got to stay there with them and keep praying for them and keep waiting on them, and they'll come back to you. Amen? Amen? He said, I got to let them go because there's some things you need to learn from the pig pen of life. Because you wandered away from the will of God and straight outside of God, you must understand there's some things that ultimately that you can't learn until grace teach them to you. Oh, Lord Jesus, I hope you're with me today. You ain't that big a scholar. You ain't learned that much. Grace taught you this stuff. Are you with me? Because the moment grace touched you, you knew it. You want, can I help you? Let me get a little raw with you. And you want to change when grace taught you, but you couldn't change. Oh, you ain't with me. That's all right. When grace taught you and grace taught, teach you something different, you want to get away from it. But grace will let you get away from it. You ain't hearing me. There's some things you want to walk away from, but you can walk away from. Because grace will let you go. You ain't with me. Y'all, y'all, look here. Oh, y'all ain't with me. Y'all got to get this one. Watch me. Look here. There's some things you're in that grace didn't bring you out right then. But he stayed with you. That when you time, by the time you got out, you didn't want to go back again. Oh, you ain't with me. All right. 
Maybe some of you, let me, let me get real. Maybe you've been in a relationship that you shouldn't have been in. And you tried to get out of it and couldn't get out of it. God gave me away from it, but you couldn't get away from it. You hated it. But God said, look, your grace kept you there. Yes, you ain't with me today. Right. You want to get away from it, but you couldn't get away from it. But grace kept you there. But by the time grace taught you a lesson, and by the time you turn away from that relationship, you are not going back again. Why? Because God, God had grace keep you in a place so he could teach you something that you would not have learned. Watch me, unless grace kept you there. Come on. Grace will let you go sometimes so you can grow. Well, 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 I, I got to tell you about grace because it's interesting about grace, DeVito. How you doing, man? Good to see you. Uh, I'll tell you about grace because I want you to learn that grace operates in a, in, in a very particular way. I was watching TV the other day a long time ago, and there was this Flop, Flop, Fizz, Fizz commercial. Alka-Seltzer, you know. Y'all, y'all know the Alka-Seltzer commercial, okay? Uh, it was a flop, flop, fierce, fierce commercial, but what made this so interesting, uh, Pastor, that this was time-released Alka-Seltzer. Come on, man, all right. And I think that that's, and I looked at it and started working, and do you know that Alka-Seltzer had a relationship, had a talk with me? Mm. <laughs> I don't have me hallucinate here, Alka-Seltzer. He says, there's a sermon right now in this Alka-Seltzer. I said, it can't be. Can't be. You got me. How can a Christian get a sermon out on Alka-Seltzer? He said, but Shakespeare says there's sermon in stones. And surely you can get a message from Alka-Seltzer. I said, help me right now. Tell me what does flop-flop got to do with my life? He said, well, the first thing he said, you notice his time released. I said, yes. He said, watch me. He said, all my strength does not go out at the same time. He said, I time released it. Can I help you here? Uh, have you ever been down and need to be picked up? And so God gave you time release grace. Because the weaker you are, the stronger the grace. Yes, The stronger you are, the lighter the grace. Oh, you ain't with me. The weaker I've been, the grace has been stronger in my life. Paul said, when I'm weak, that's when you're with me, Lord. See, our Lord Jesus, how you want to get away from something and couldn't get away from it? But grace kept it from you? Oh, you ain't with me. You want to do something, but look here, you had to get there, but grace kept it from you. Why? Because in your weak moments, I got some holy folks in here. In your weak moment, grace caught you. In your weak moments, Grace will not let you do it. In your weak moments, grace looked out for you. Amen. Are you with me? With uh, amen, amen, amen. But grace will only let you go so you can grow. My second point is grace will let you lose everything so that you would choose the best thing. Uh, grace lets you lose everything. So, 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 you desire the best things. So there's something fundamental wrong with this, this, this parable. And what's fundamental wrong with it is this. Jewish tradition teaches us that one, that you could not get the inheritance until the father died. Which means there's some, something fundamental wrong with this thing. Because if I understand it correctly, the, the father ain't dead. That's right. But he still went to his father, amen, and said, Father, give me my stuff. But the father was not dead. But he still went to him and said, give me my stuff. Are you with me? And he said that to him, it became interesting to me that although the father wasn't dead, he treated him as though he was dead. He treated him as though he was dead. Have you ever been there in your life with God? Well, you treated God like he didn't exist. God, give me my stuff. I just want you to give me my stuff. Give me my stuff. But I, I want you to stay with me for a while because you get to that point about all you, want your, all you want is to get your stuff because in getting your stuff, you think it's a sign that the Lord is walking with you. 
You better stay with me for a moment. There are some things you will get that God ain't with you with. Are you with me? And we want to boast, this is a sign, this is my blessing, this is my prosperity thing. You better go and check it out, see how you got it. Are you with me? Because in the midst of that, you'll get some stuff sometimes that God did not give you. Are you with me? You walk around, oh, I got my blessing. You got hell, that's what you got. Are you with me? You ain't got your blessing. Because ultimately, watch me now, God will grace let you go to a place. And when God takes you there, watch me, you, he'll let you turn it loose to come back. Watch this. The young man asked for his stuff, right? But when he asked for it, watch me, the Lord sent a famine in the land. He'll let you lose everything to get the best thing. A famine came in the land. Watch me now. And the famine came in the land, it took everything from him. It took his money. Have you ever been broke? Yeah. All right. Okay. Y'all like that? Been broke? It took his money. And then it took his possession. The famine took his food, and the famine stripped away his friends. The famine put it in position, writes me, where he realized that everything he had couldn't help where he was. The Lord has stripped him of everything. I want you to understand sometimes grace will strip you of everything. When you ain't got the stuff you think you need, grace will take it from you. Because God wants you to choose the best thing. And you can't choose the best thing if you got poor things. He has to get the stuff out of your life so you can choose the best thing. Some of you where you are today because of the decision that you did not choose. Because now you got to choose the, the best thing. So you had to choose the best thing. And that's what grace will do for you. Grace will put a mirror in front of you so you can see that you ain't who you really think you, really think you are. Grace lets you see yourself that you see that I'm not really who I think I am. Because in the midst of all that, you have to change your mindset about God and about where you're headed. And so grace will help you do that. Well, grace says to, your, I, I, says to me that God does not like blessing people, watch me now, that when they forget a blessing, they forget who they are. Oh. Uh, when they get a blessing, they forget who they are. Uh, God, so I'm looking for somebody that I can bless. That when I bless, they won't get the big head. Uh, you know, those folks that when they get blessed, they got to move to the next floor. Uh, when they get blessed, all of a sudden, they don't really, who they, really remember who they are. And when they get blessed, now they got to change worship service. When they get blessed, now they got to move up to another church when they get blessed. In other words, they got to be upgraded. They reach a status in relationship with the Lord, and, and they're changing because God gave us. God said, I can't give you something that you won't choose me over what, you, what, you, what I'm giving you. God said, I'm looking for some folks. I'm looking for some folks that will play, praise me wherever they are. I'm looking for some folks that give me praise wherever I can be, where you are. Watch me now. I'm looking for some folks that will praise me in Payless as well as they'll praise me in Dillard's. Yeah. Right. I ain't coming through, am I? I'm looking for some folks that will praise me in the Benz as well as in the Buick. Oh, you ain't with me. I'm looking for some folks that will praise me at Bonefish Restaurant as well as in McDonald's. I want somebody who will cry to me loud and everywhere I am on, to say that I'm still their God. Yeah. That's why he wants to bless you. I want to find some folks that will bless me, my name, regardless of where I am. That's why Paul says, I've been abased and abound. But wherever I am, God is with me. So watch what happened. He puts a famine in the land. And the famine takes everything from him. The young man comes to himself, comes to himself. He said, I'm going to go to my daddy and ask my daddy to make me one of his servants. Watch the transition here. You got to have your Bibles on. I want you to see it. Watch the transition here. 
If you go to verse 12 in that text, verse 12 says, he went to his father and said, Father, are you with me? He said, give me. Watch the transition here. Now go with me to verse 19. You with me? He said, now, Daddy, make me. I hope you see the transition. When he thought he had everything, God give me. But by the time Grace got through with him, Grace said, make me. Oh, you know what I'm talking about. When in a place, oftentimes, when God has made that transition in you, you go from a give me, Lord, to make me, Lord. Have you ever been there? I've been there. But God, I want you, I want you to make me now. Because I messed up when you gave me. Now I need you to give me a make me. Make me what? I want you to make me a better preacher and make me a better pastor and make me a better father. Make me a better servant of his. Make me now over again because when I asked you to give it to me, I messed up. But now I want you to make me. Look to your neighbors and neighbor. Let God make you. Let God make you. Make me a living witness for your glory. I don't need another car, Lord. I don't need another boo, Lord. Make me. Make me. I need to be a better Christian, a better servant of yours. Make me better. That should be your request all the time. Make me better. Lord, make me over again. Watch what happened. The young man then said, I'm not worthy to be called your servant. He limited himself by his prodigal past. I'm not worthy to be called your servant. He, lend, he, he limits himself by his prodigal past. That's what we have a tendency to do. We let our past define who we are. Uh, sometimes you can go to God because of your past. Sometimes you're afraid to ask God something because of your, your past. You let your prodigal past limit you. He's listening to when the boy comes home, his brother says to him, Father, how are you going to let him come back knowing that he's spent all his money on prostitutes? I'm in the text. How are you going to let him come back knowing that he spent all his money on prostitutes? Well, I had a problem with that. We didn't have a problem with that because there's nowhere in the Bible, at least before he got to the brother, that they said he spent his money on prostitutes. I'm in the text. There's no way he said he spent his money on prostitutes. What he said is that he had riots to living, riots to living. But he did not say that he spent his money on prostitutes. I'm going to help you here. Because when, when grace finds you and grace brings you back, there are some folks who ain't going to like you coming back. There are some folks who ain't going to tell the truth on you. There are some folks who are going to lie on you. There are some folks who say you did some things that you didn't do. Why? Because grace has brought you back. You with me? So here he says to him, he said, watch me now. How are you going to do this? Knowing that he spent his time on prostitutes. I'm a word to you that don't let nobody tell you, tell you that you can't be who God wants you to be by them trying to bring up your past. You know that's true, right? Can I tell you how it's true? Because whenever you talk to anybody of your old friends, they can never tell you about your future. They always talk about your past. Am, 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 am I right? Am I right? Am I, watch me. Watch, have, have, have a class reunion. You go to a class reunion, the first thing they talk about what you used to do. Who you used to date. Who you hung out with. When you got drunk, am I right? Look here, when you go home, when you go to your folks, if you got some folks like I got folks, they begin to remind you what you used to do. Am I right? Am I right? Why? Because they're always going to remind you of your prodigal past. Matter of fact, if you get a little big here, they'll try to bring you down with your prodigal past. Because here he brought his past up to him and said, how are you going to do this? Well, I, I, I'm, going to, I'm going to close this out. Because I found out that grace will do three things. I'm, I'm through. Two things. The first thing grace will do for you 
Grace will claim you. Grace will celebrate you. And then grace will cover you. Grace will claim you. Watch the text. He said, I'm going to go to my father. And I get to my father, I'm going to tell my father that I'm not worthy to be called your son. Make me one of your servants. In other words, he was practicing his prayer. Yes, you ever practice your prayer? Yes, sir. Oh, y'all ain't practice. I practice my, Lord, I'm going to tell you this, I practice my prayer. Yes, sir. He was practicing his prayer right. of what he's going to tell his father when he saw him. Yeah. Are you with me? And then he went to the father. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And he said, Father, I've sinned against you, and, and I'm not worthy to be called your son. Make me one of your servants. Servants. But what I like this stuff here, in verse 24, stay with me there. In verse 24, look what grace does for him. Hope you find, I know there's a teaching class, ain't it? But I gotta do this, guys, you gotta see it. You gotta see it. Watch me now, he went to his father. He said, Father, I am not worthy to be called your son. Watch me now. And before he could say, make me, the father cut him off. Oh, Lord, hope you see it, hope you see it. Make me. The father cut him off. And the father said this. The father said, bring me a robe to put on him. Mm. Give me a ring for his fingers and sandals for his feet. And give me a fatty calf. And then what he said, for my son. Woo. Do you see it? Do you see it? Do you see it? Look here. Your father will claim you before you claim yourself. Yeah, all right. He had claimed he wanted to be a servant, but before he get out of his mouth, the father cut him off and said, look here, no, you are not one of my servants. You are still my son. Aren't you glad that God cut you off from trying to define who you are with him? And he said, no, you're still my child. Before he get out of his mouth, it's in the text. Because for he once was lost, but now he's found. Oh, Jesus. Before he could get it out of his, you see how grace operates? Oh, you see how it operates. He, before he could even call, say the servant come out of his mouth, he'd already projected who he wanted to be. But before he get it out of his mouth, the father cut him off. Ain't you glad God cut you off? Yeah. For some stuff that you were going to do? Oh, you ain't with me. There are some decisions you made in your life that you were going to go in certain places that you, because of your past, but God cut you off and let them let you get there because you're still his child. Oh, I ain't got no shouting, folks. That's all right. I'm, I'm glad he cut me off because if he had cut me off, I've been in places that I shouldn't have been. Oh, have you been headed somewhere and God cut you off? You ever been headed somewhere and you got a flat tire, couldn't get there? Yeah. Oh, Lord Jesus. You ever been headed somewhere and there was a turn you want to make and you missed a turn? Yeah. Are you with me? Why? Because God is telling you that you're still my child. Yeah. And when he's going to bring you out, he will bring you out. Look here, you can't remember the address no more now. Because God has brought you out. So not only that, God will claim, not only he will claim you, but also he will celebrate you. Grace will celebrate you. Can I push this here? Not only will grace claim you, but grace will celebrate you. The moment he stopped him from proclaiming he was a servant, he called him a son, did what he said, bring me a fatty calf a robe, a ring, and some sound. In other words, grace will celebrate you because he understands how he once was lost, but now he's found. He celebrated, although the, the young man didn't, didn't like it, although his, son, his brother didn't like it, but God still celebrated him. 
In other words, how, how, how are you going to celebrate someone that's fallen? Ain't a bad question, is it? How are you going to prepare a feast for someone who has a, proto, a, a, a protocol pass? I, I, I want to stand and, and let you know right now that, that grace does that. Grace will allow you to reap what you ain't even sowed. Grace will allow you to be blessed in ways that you didn't deserve. Grace will put up in a place that you shouldn't have gone. Look here. He'll put you in a place where you need to be, not where you should not be. Because it's grace, and that's what grace does. Somebody here tonight can tell me, I got a lot of amens right now. Because God put a feast in my life that I didn't deserve. Some blessings I didn't earn. Some stuff happened to me in my life that shouldn't have happened to me. Why? Because of grace. Oh, Jesus. And the only reason I'm where I am today, only reason I am what I am today was because of grace. For God brought me here through grace. Look here, you got things you have right now because of grace. Oh, Lord Jesus. I, ain't got, I need some witnesses in here. I'm getting happy here. Because of grace. You didn't deserve it, but because of grace. You shouldn't have sown, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have, reaped, you shouldn't have reaped what you didn't sow, but God gave it to you anyway. Yes. Because of grace. Well, I'm going to blow your mind with this and I'm gone. I ain't had a chance to hoop, but I'm going to go anyway. But grace will only claim you. Grace will celebrate you. Watch this one, though. But grace will cover you. Now you get ready to shout. You gonna shout off this one? I'm headed back to Florida in the morning. Yeah. You gotta shout off this one. Because when I read this one, I started running around the house shouting myself. Yeah. By myself. By myself. You gotta get this one. I I, I was gonna I had I guess I gotta teach it to you. Watch me here. The sun came, got to the pig pen. In the pig pen, he recognized that he needed to go to his father. His father. And while in the pig pen, recognized he was going to go to his father, the text says he got out of the pig pen and went to see his father. Are you with me? And the text tells me, Brother Horsley, that God ran out to him to meet him. That's what he said. All right. Amen. You with me? After he got out of the Pen. Watch me now. And, and he said, let's have a party for him. Are you with me? But he just got out of the pig pen. Which means he had some stink on him. But he still was, still was going to go to a party. Yes, sir. Because he had some stink on him. But you got to get this one. I'm about to sit down because y'all ain't going to shout tonight with me. But I got to sit down because he went to meet him. He didn't come to the house. But the folks he that need to see him was at the house. Here it comes. And because he had to go to a party, he said, bring me a robe. Oh, y'all missed it. So I can cover him up. In other words, he just got out of the pig pen and he stank. But bring me a robe. I put a robe on him. I put a robe on him. Because the robe is going to hide the stink. Ain't you glad that God hears your stink? Ain't you glad that God covered up your stink? Because without the stink being covered up, folks would have made a judgment about you. But he said, I don't want them to see you like you is. I want them to see you like you are. And you are my son. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that he covered up my stuff. There's some stuff that you can't know about me. Oh, look at y'all. There's some stuff that you won't know about me unless God tell you because he covered up my stuff. 
Are you with me? Yeah. Can I say to read you here today? Because God covered up your stuff. Yes. The reason you pray and you cry and you shout to him, because God covered up your stuff. The reason you can walk with your head high, because God covered up your stuff. The reason you can go in Walmart and go in wherever you want to go. And folks don't mess with you because he covered up your stuff. Are you with me? I don't know about you, but I'm glad he covered up my stuff. Oh, Lord. I'm glad he covered up my stuff. Let me help you here now. I've got to close this out. i got to close it out. I'm well, here it is. Here. I read another day in the paper. A, a long article about Nordstrom's, Nordstrom's. You know Nordstrom's, right? Yeah. But Nordstrom was going under. They were about to lose all their businesses. And they had to come up with a policy to revive themselves. Here it is. In the revive themselves, they came up with a return policy. Nordstrom said in the return policy, Whatever you got from us, you can bring it back whenever you want to. If you had it one week, you can bring it back. Ooh, I got somebody with me right now. If you had it one month, you can bring it back to me. If you had it a year, you can bring it back to me. You can redeem it. In the time you get ready. I'm glad I got a Norsome Jesus. Because I can bring my stuff back in the time I get ready. It's been a year I can come back. It's been a month I can come back. It's been a week I can. Aren't you glad you got a Norsome Jesus? That you can bring your stuff back in the time you get ready. I don't know about you, but I'm always bringing stuff back to my Jesus. I know he's all right. I know he's all right. I know he's all right. Ain't he all right? Ain't he all right? Ain't he all right? Woo! Ain't he all right? I got a north of Jesus. I got a north of Jesus. Yes, sir. I messed up yesterday. Yes, but he let me brought it back to him. I'm glad that my Jesus got an all return policy. Yes, Have you tried him? Oh, you hear me? Have you tried him? Have you tried him? Have you tried him? Have you tried him? I'm glad he ain't got no layaway plan. You can bring him back right then. Because I know he's all right. I know he's all right. I know he's all right. Ooh, Lord. He covered up my stank, folks. Woo! He may not have covered yours up, but he covered up my stuff. He covered up my stuff. And guess what? I want to praise him in the morning. I'm going to praise him in the evening. I'm going to praise him at night because he covered up my stuff. right now. Oh, Jesus. I got to sit down. He covered up my stuff, folks. I got to sit down. I got to sit down. I got to sit down.